welcome back to Podcast Royal. This is episode 98. We're creeping so close to 100. How are you, Rachel? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Did you have a good 4th of July? I did have a good 4th of July. So I am just in such kind of a cool moment in my life where, you know, I work fully remotely. I'm able to be mobile. I've actually been in Memphis, Tennessee since June 29th. And I'm headed next to after I leave here to Nashville. And then I'm headed after that to New Orleans. So I'm kind of all over the place. And it's it's been a fun summer because it's fun to live in these cities. So I'm not just staying here. Like I'm immersing myself in the city. I'm living here. And you know what? This isn't the plan that I had for this summer. Listeners, do you know enough to know that it's been kind of a rough last couple of months, but here we are. And I'm just so happy to be just having fun and living life. So it, to answer your question, my fourth was good. It was pretty low key and saw some fireworks and it was great. How was yours? Awesome. It's like so great. You get to like tour around some of our states down here on the southern part of the U.S. a little bit. So you've got a lot of mm-hmm. fun things going on this summer. My fourth was great too. It was also fairly low key, but I did travel over the weekend. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting my sister. And we are back in our normal routine this week. So to all of our listeners who are U.S. side, we hope you guys had a great Independence Day as yeah. well. Yeah, that's why we didn't, we did not record on the 4th, which was last Tuesday. And normally we, we record on Tuesday. So we are actually recording today on a Saturday, which I don't know if we've actually, you know what? Our very first episode, Jessica, <laughs> we recorded on in your walk-in closet on a Saturday. But we since did. then, we've always been Tuesday. So we, listeners, we are going to get back on schedule again. It's been a little bit of a crazy run for both of us and the holiday, but we wanted to to drop this kind of, I guess, bonus episode to get us caught up on some things so that our episode on our regularly scheduled episode next week is not colossal. So that's why we're here. And so we're going to get caught up to a point and then we'll reconvene this week and then we'll get back on schedule. But yeah, I, um, I am auditioning Memphis, Nashville, and New Orleans to possibly live, or I might just end up back in Birmingham, which is where Jessica and I both live. And that's where we met. So we're kind of all over the place, but we're living our lives. So here we go. Well, we're going to do part one of our episode this week now, so it'll probably be a little bit shorter, and then we'll pick back up, like you said, on Wednesday with part two, and then we'll be hopefully back on schedule. So let's go ahead and jump into our Royal Rundown. Now, last week, you know, I think I remember, or last episode, I remember saying, I feel like we missed a couple stories, and if we did, we'll try to catch back up. Well, I remembered one that we missed, and you know, I can't believe we didn't talk about this, Rachel. So the Princess of Wales was at the reopening of the National Portrait Gallery. So the gallery is one of Catherine's patronages. It's been under renovations for the past three years. And speaking of portraits, our Kate fans out there know that she's developed some really impressive photography skills of her own, and she's actually released her own photos of her children over the years. Um, So her official 40th birthday portraits were taken by Paolo Reversi, and these are actually going to be installed permanently at the gallery. So that's kind of a really cool tie-in with her being there for the reopening. But the new gallery, so the updated renovations, are going to have a learning center that's actually twice the size of the previous center. It'll have a new program designed for children under five, hint, hint. Mm -hmm. Um, So, So that learning center will encourage, you know, learning, creativity, and play. 
And I say hint, hint, because this program really seems to align with Catherine's Shaving Us campaign, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. She's, that's her life's work is under five work. And so that sounds just like her. So for this event, she actually wore a white dress by the brand Self-Portrait. And I'm not sure if that was intentional, but I thought it was really funny that she wore Self-Portrait to the National Portrait Gallery where her <laughs> own portraits will be hung. That is such a good call out, Jessica, because if, <laughs> if, if she did that on purpose, that's genius. And if she didn't do that on purpose, then that is an amazing coincidence. So I, I'm prone to think that because Natasha Archer, her stylist is so sharp that, and that's out by the way, fun, uh, cross promotion or cross wires crossing here. Um, Natasha Archer, who is Kate's, uh, personal assistant stylist is the wife of Chris Jackson, the photographer that we've had on this show twice. So that what a royal couple they are. But anyway, she's so sharp that I like I would not be surprised if if that's intentional. Well, I really love this look. So the self-portrait dress was white and it had black detailing and it actually kind of looked like a skirt and a blazer combo, but it is actually a dress. And she was, of course, wearing this black aquazura bow tie heels and she had a black Chanel clutch and I just thought it was great a great look I thought it was totally appropriate for the event yeah she looked fantastic and again you like if that's a coincidence and that's a, I don't think it is but I that's an amazing coincidence so I have to say Jessica I was expecting I don't know why I was expecting this but I was expecting the royal family to slow down a bit maybe after the coronation mm -hmm. but they have been more than full speed ahead. I don't know if we've ever had so much going on at one time. I agree. And they've been so busy all summer long and it doesn't look to really let up until their annual break in August, which I assume that they'll take. They usually always take the month of August off. And usually, honestly, we do too, because there's not a lot to say during that time. So William is a big soccer fan. Anyone who knows anything about him knows that he visited since we last recorded, he visited the England women's soccer team called the lionesses at the lionesses den, which I think is adorable ahead of the FIFA world cup in Australia and New Zealand. So the world cup, by the way, kicks off July 20th for those interested in watching. I have become over the last couple of years, a soccer fan myself. So I will probably be tuning into that as well. William is the president of soccer's governing body in England, the Football Association. And while at the Lionesses Den, he presented head coach Serena Wigman with her honorary commander of the most excellent order of the British Empire medal. She was on the 2023 New Year's honors list for services to the sport. So I feel like just like Kate is so in her element when she's working with under fives and photography for that matter, and anything having to do with art or art history, I feel like William is is really in his element whenever he does any soccer type engagements because he's obviously a huge fan of the sport. I totally agree. And speaking of Prince William, we have so much news on him this week, and you were talking about them being super busy. And I think I remember texting you earlier this week. You know, we had talked about having a little break with the fourth. I was traveling. You're in a different place, and I told you, I said, Rachel, I can't keep up with the Royals. There's new stuff coming up I every know. day. What is this? Um, so he and Catherine actually skipped out on one of the first few days of Royal Ascot, which we'll talk about shortly, to take Prince George on a visit to Eton College. Many of our listeners are probably aware Eaton is where Prince William went to school during his teenage years. So it's an all boys boarding school for those middle to high school years, ages 13 to 18. You may be wondering why is George visiting a school for teens when he's only nine? 
Eaton actually requires students to register before age 10 if they plan to go there. So he'll be 10 on July 22nd. So he's actually right on schedule if this is somewhere where he is going to enroll. This, his current school right now only goes to age 13, so he'll finish up there. And then, you know, if he does go to Eaton College, that's that's where he'll head right on over to. Mm-hmm. Eaton does come, though, I'm sure you can imagine this, with a pretty, pretty price tag. I don't know if you have any guesses, Rachel, but annual tuition here is, I believe it's 60000 U.S. dollars. That sounds um, low, but okay. So yeah, and and you know there are additional fees. I think if the students participate in other activities, but that's that's the annual tuition for that. But the nice thing about Eaton is it's located in Windsor, making it really close to Adelaide Cottage, where the Wills family currently lives. So he won't be far from home. He's also got many family members who've been to Eaton. Of course, we all know Prince William and Prince Harry both attended. Well, so did Princess Diana's father and brother as well as the Duke of Kent, the Duke of Gloucester, and Prince Michael of Kent. So as a quick reminder, Prince Philip and King Charles attended Gordonson, and that's actually located in Scotland, so a little bit farther away than than Eton. This will be much closer to home for him. Mm -hmm. So to our listeners, we'll be sure to follow up on this story in about three years. (laughs) (laughs) We might know know before then. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's just so weird because, you know, Kate, really, I think was passionate about keeping the kids at least up to a certain point at home and not, not boarding them. A lot of, um, a lot of aristocratic children in the UK go to boarding school and I guess here too in the U S but more so in the UK. And it's just would be so hard to think of George boarding. Like I just see them all as, you know, being such a family unit. I mean, he would be close by and he would see them all the time, but just to think that, you know, in three years, he wouldn't be at Adelaide Cottage is is strange to think. I don't know, but I'm leaning, I'm honestly leaning towards yes on Eaton, although I'm certain it will, again, it will be difficult to send George off to board in in just three years and three years flies, as we all know, flies by in the blink of an eye. Um, I I can't believe George is going to be 10 in just a few days, as as you said, on July 22nd. I have no idea where the time has gone. I remember waiting as everyone probably listening did waiting on uh, George's name to be announced and just waiting on Kate to give birth. And anyway, I just, I don't know how he's 10 years old, but we mentioned Royal Ascot in our last episode. I think when we recorded, it was only on day two at the time and now it's over. So let's talk about it a little bit. So the Royals as ever were out in full force. The King and Queen were there, Sophie and Mike and Zara Tindall. Okay. I want to pause here and talk about Zara Tindall. Something extra special and sparkly is going on with Zara right now. She literally takes my breath away every time I've seen her since the coronation. The coronation, she was gorgeous. And every time I've seen her since, she's glowing. She, her fashion is on point. She is, she is stunning. And she always has been. But she is just, I mean, just she's always again she's always been blooming but she's really in her element right now maybe she's just really happy or in a great place but she is just stunning do you agree with me like have you noticed Uh, that I totally agree yeah I feel like um I don't know I I think a lot of people have been noticing this I've been seeing a lot of call outs on her at these events lately um with Mike and you know her outfits are looking great and she Mm -hmm. seems really happy but I definitely noticed Well, and she and Mike have always been happy or seemingly happy together, but I mean, just, 
again, she's stunning. But anyway, William and Kate were there. Kate wore a red Alexander McQueen look. Beatrice and Edo were there. B was in Monique Lullier. Peter Phillips and his other girlfriend, that's not me, Lindsay Wallace, were there. They look really happy, and um, they're actually a really cute couple. I hate to admit that, but I, I listeners, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a new listener, I have a huge crush on Peter Phillips, and um, I wasn't happy when he got a divorce because I'm never happy about that, but you know, I saw my opening, and I've already lost it, so congratulations, <laughs> Lindsay Wallace, but they look really happy together, um, and finally, uh, Sophie Winkleman, a.k.a. Lady Frederick Windsor. So right now, um, as we are prone to do, we are looking at some side-by-sides right now of the women I just mentioned. So did you, you know, they're all kind of in the same color palette here, um, right? Like they're all like, I mean, Kate's look is probably the boldest color, but did you have any favorite looks from Royal Ascot this year? Yeah, I do. I have a lot of thoughts on these. So I agree. It's sort of this uh, almost like an Eastery pastel kind of sea of colors. You're right. Catherine was definitely the boldest. And so here's my thought on this. I think I prefer for these types of events, the for the softer color palette, I like the pastels. Mm-hmm. Um, so the red was a little harsh for me, but I loved, I did love the dress. I think if it Mm -hmm. were anywhere else, I mean, I thought the color looked great on her. I thought she was stunning. I mean, you could definitely see her coming through in that outfit. Mm -hmm. I love the cut. It fit really well. And I love that vintage clutch that she had as well. That red leather clutch. You know, I kind of wonder if she, because this, you know, especially compared to the other women that were there, um, it it is a very bold color choice. And I wonder if she kind of was taking a page off of her late majesty's book where, you know, wear a bold color to to stand out, to make sure that you're seen by, you know, anyone anywhere. I love this look. I love this color. I love, I just love everything about this look. And I love Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen. So that is an, that is an A plus look for me. And look again, last year at Royal Ascot, she was in polka dots. She's starting to do a little polka dots again. And I'm like saying, please God, no, no more blue, no more polka dots. So I was so happy to see this look because it's red and different and I'm into it. Okay. Do you want to know my favorite look? What's that? Princess Beatrice and Monique Lillier was stunning. Yeah, she is stunning. That's a gorgeous dress. Beatrice is also having a moment as well. Zara, Beatrice, and Louise. Less so Louise because Louise is kind of like back to being a college student again and like kind of being a little bit more under the radar. But I mean, look at Beatrice. She is, I mean, she looks amazing. Uh, yeah, I loved this look. It was perfect for the event. It's got, so listeners, if you haven't seen it, it's sort of an ivory color and it's full lace, long sleeves, and there are little, um, like maybe purplish toned flowers. And I thought she looked great. I, I also felt like she had maybe a little bit more a bolder makeup than she normally yeah, does. She has, really yeah, great. she has more makeup on than normal and, and I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think she's my pick for best dress on this. Um, of course, I always like Sophie Winkleman's style. I always mm-hmm. think that she looks great. She had this yellow dress on, which Rachel, I didn't put a photo here in our notes, but if I remember correctly, I think she is wearing the same dress as Peter Phillips' girlfriend, but she was in a blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, yeah, I think you're right. Okay. These, okay. These three, so there's Kate and then Beatrice and then in the middle. And of course, listeners, I know you can't see this. I'm sorry. It's not going to mean anything to you, but those are all, those three in the middle are all Sophie, right? Correct. Okay. I like, I like the, uh, the pale pink 
look the best on Sophie. Um, it's like a three quarter length sleeve V-neck, um, looks a little bit kind of like a wrap dress. Maybe I'm not sure. She's kind of like the, the in this photo, she's kind of like positioned to the side. Um, that one is my favorite of Sophie's looks. I would say, what do you think? I agree. So all of the, and this is sort of just a style of Royal Alaska, but they're all in sort of a midi length dress. Um, so Sophie was in the pale pink one day we saw her in an all white with sort of like a big a collar around mm -hmm. this dress. Mm -hmm. And then we saw her in a white dress with a floral pattern, kind of a blue hat. I do think the pale pink was my favorite as well. And then, you know, I just said the call out to Zara and how gorgeous she's looking, but I don't like this dress at all. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. She looks beautiful, but I just am not a fan. Like, I don't like the sleeves on that dress and, um, and I don't so, like the floral detailing, but what do I know? Her dress, you know, is sort of like how Princess Beatrice is in this ivory lace, kind of the same ivory lace um, theme, but it's the short sleeves. It's got a collar. So here's the thing with that dress. Um, not my favorite pick of the of the event, but I think she wears it well and it looks great on her. When I mm -hmm. saw the dress online on on the website, I didn't really care for it, um, but I, yeah. I like it more on her. Yeah, I would not buy it for myself, but I mean, again, I'd stand by my earlier statement that she is in her glow up era. Like she's gorgeous. So I also want to talk about Princess Anne's dress at Royal Ascot. Did you see her rewear from the 1970s? You know, I I saw her, but I didn't realize that it was a rewear from the. So you want to talk about someone who's rewearing? You know, people give Kate flack for it. This is a this is vintage, if we want to call <laughs> the 70s vintage, which which I would. So, so she was in a light blue, or maybe it was sort of a robin's egg blue dress with this white fitted jacket over it. And you know, Rachel, when I first saw it, um, I was kind of like, you know, I was really impressed that she chose this timeless classic looking dress for Royal Ascot. And of course I didn't know it was a rewear either. And then I, you know, saw some headlines about it, but so she's actually in the dress that she's owned since the 1970s. And of course that's why it looks so timeless. It truly is. She originally wore it in 1978 when she saw the president of Botswana at Buckingham Palace. And then she wore it again in 2022 when she visited Brompton Cemetery. So I really like that she chose this for Ascot. I thought the dress really fit the style of the event very well. It's kind of still in line with those like Eastery soft color palette mm -hmm. look. Um, and it's also, of course, as you said, it's really supportive of King Charles and Prince William's efforts to promote sustainability. And I have to imagine Anne's dress and gown wardrobe is not overly extensive. <laughs> you know, we, well, and, and I say that because we see her in uniform a lot for big events. Yeah. Um, but she clearly takes very good care of her clothing and she makes it last a long time. And I think it's smart for her to choose these quality pieces that will stand the test of time. So, I mean, hats off to Anne. I thought it was great. And I want to give Anne a compliment and say, kudos to you, Anne, for being able to fit into something that you wore 45 years ago. I don't sometimes fit into things I wore 45 days ago. So that is incredibly impressive on multiple fronts. Well, and you also mentioned Catherine and, and rewear. So to bring back up what we talked about last episode, I know we mentioned she had gotten some criticism for wearing a lot of new pieces lately. So I do want to say that me applauding Anne for her choice of dress is not a criticism to Catherine at all. I have no problem with her wearing these new pieces. And I think we said that last time, you know, and I really think she should. Mm -hmm. She's a princess. 
she's clearly very wealthy. And I do think this is part of her job. So these are two separate comments for me, in my opinion. I don't really consider Anne to be a fashion forward girly. I just don't <laughs> think that's where her passion is. I don't think um, she cares. And I think she would tell no. you that very openly. Exactly. And that's not to say that she doesn't look great. I just don't think that's where her focus and her passion is. Um, So I think for her wearing an older classic piece was smart. It was great for her style. And I think it looked great on her. Um, But while we are on the subject, and I can't remember if you said this or not, Catherine's dress at Ascot was actually a repeat. I can't remember where she wore it the first time. Can you? I can't either, but it's not the first time she's worn it. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that actually. Well, speaking of Kate and repeat, so we will talk about the Scottish coronation in our episode that comes out this upcoming Wednesday, but she also wore a very recent repeat to the Scottish coronation. She wore the blue Catherine Walker coat dress that she just wore at Easter Sunday, which seems like two seconds ago, but I guess that was a couple of months ago, but we'll get there. Um, we'll get there in our next episode, but let's talk about William. So speaking of the work of one's life. So I would say children under five are the work of Kate's life. Well, William has declared the work of his life to be ending homelessness in the UK. And again, like the aforementioned shaping us launch earlier this year, William had a big launch of his own since our last episode, the project is called homewards and it will provide $3.8 million to six different locations as part of his ambitious plan to make homelessness quote unquote, rare, brief, and unrepeated. So if you'll remember, this work was also very important to his late mother, Princess Diana. I have no doubt that she planted the seed in him when he was a young boy. I know that she used to bring him and probably Harry too, but I definitely remember William going with her to homeless shelters and, you know, really learning about his privilege and learning about the cause. And there was a celebrity. I wasn't really expecting this. There was a celebrity we all know, or any 1990s kid would know Mm -hmm. anyway, that was on hand to help William kick off homewards. Jerry Hollowell Horner of Spice Girls fame. Um, She's like, iconic um for anybody that remembers the spice girls so and i just blanked on what her spice girl name is there's baby spice sporty spice scary spice posh ginger spice spice. my gosh okay um anyway she she was ginger spice did she have another name too or somebody i feel like she did or one of them one of them had like swapped and had two names yeah one of them had two it was either her or emma bunton who was baby spice anyway um Jerry is a big advocate of women who suffer from domestic violence and many women who suffer at, uh, at abusers hands uh, face homelessness because of the underlying root cause of domestic violence. So this is awesome. I mean, I, I, we've talked about, um, we knew this was coming. We knew that William was going to have a big launch this summer and here it is. And I certainly hope that it is successful and it's just, you know, these, these two are now 41 years old. They're really dug into their purpose and their passion work. And I just think it's great. And I can't wait to see what happens with it. So I love that he's really passionate about this and he's making some efforts to really make a difference here. But I did want to ask you, Rachel, I saw several headlines that talked about he had a plan to end homelessness within five years. And I'm not sure if he actually said that or if he more... Um, I guess alluded to if these things begin to work 
in five years? Are we setting the stage to be able to end homelessness in the future? Because I I think like to say you're going to end homelessness in five years is really bold. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, homelessness has been around for centuries. So so to all of a sudden end it in five years seems unrealistic, right? But Mm -hmm. I know he's pointed to other countries and other places who have been successful in these efforts. And so I'm not sure. I didn't see... I couldn't figure out if that was something that he actually said or if that was something the media placed on him. Did you, did you, I didn't that? read, I didn't read anything about that. That would be a really ambitious goal and kind of setting yourself up to fail. Um, right. I, didn't, I didn't read that in any of my research, but um, that doesn't mean that he didn't say it. I don't know. Um, maybe he alluded that a lot of the, you know, bulk of the work would be done in, the next five years, but I I did not read that, but that you're right. Okay. It's very ambitious. That makes sense. And I'm starting to think the media placed that claim on him and he didn't actually say it because I couldn't find anywhere where I heard him say that he was going to completely end it in five years. So just mm-hmm. wanted to call that out because there's a really big difference in ending homelessness in five years and putting the building blocks in place to make that happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it was probably more of the latter, putting the building blocks in place. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So last time on the podcast, I had shared that I've been listening to the Duchess of York's new podcast, Tea Time with the Duchess and Sarah. Have you had a chance to listen to that, Rachel? I haven't. I'm so, again, so behind, which I shouldn't be because I'm in the car a lot right now, but um, I'm so behind on podcasts. I haven't had the chance to listen to it yet, but I, I know the news that you're about to share. Yeah. So the same week that we talked about that on the podcast, she released another episode where she broke the news that she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she was about to undergo a mastectomy. So she actually recorded the podcast episode the day before she went in for her surgery. And then, you know, when the episode dropped, I listened to it. And within a few hours, I started seeing news headlines about her surgery coming up. So for listeners, Fergie is 63. And she did say she's expecting to fully recover from this. But she talked about the importance of getting screened for breast cancer because she didn't have any signs and symptoms and wouldn't have known about it otherwise. So um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, It was also really interesting to hear her talk about it before. I mean, literally right before going into yeah. surgery the next day. Um, of course, since that episode, she she has had her surgery. She's back home. We're really happy to hear everything went well and she mm-hmm. is on the road to recovery. I don't mean to name drop at all. So please don't take it that way. But 
I interviewed her for Marie Claire last summer and she, and I'm not saying this to puff myself up. I'm saying this to say that our 30 minute, or I think we went over time, which she was very gracious about, but our, let's, let's say our 45 minute conversation was so moving to me. I mean, I was a fan anyway, but she said some things in that interview that I'll never forget. And some of it made it to the article and some of it did not. And she is a, she's a truly good human being. And I hate to see obviously anybody have a cancer diagnosis, but especially someone that's as bright of a light as she is. So I'm so glad that she is on the mend. She, um, she had an eight hour surgery and which is just colossal and says that uh, her daughters, Beatrice and Eugenie have been, of course, checking in on her very much around. We are so thankful that she is healthy now. That is incredibly frightening news. And just a reminder to all of us to go and get screened. I mean, I'm 36, you're also 36 and, you know, we're about due to start getting mammograms, which is kind of jarring, but um, everyone go get your mammograms and take care of yourself. Okay, well, that wraps up part one of this episode. So we'll be back on Wednesday with part two, and we'll fill you in on everything that's gone on following um, the past week or so that we've also got. We just don't have time to do it all right now, but, but we'll catch up. So listeners, be sure to come hang out with us on Instagram. We're over at Podcast Royal. We like to post polls and um, pictures over there. And then of course, if you have questions or if you want to send us a DM and let us know any thoughts that you have, you can also send that on Instagram or email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. Please feel free to go out there and give us a five-star rating and let us know what you love about the show. Um, And thank you so much for tuning into episode 98 of Podcast Royal. Bye. Bye.